Watson with the keeper. The game is never over till the end. He's in! Whenever that clock strikes zero. 15-yard touchdown run for Deshaun Watson. There is no offseason. Nuke with the TD catch! For your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. A gold still handles. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. What trips him up for a sack? Oh my goodness! Now from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access. The little sound bite there from DeAndre Hopkins says a lot tonight. It says a lot every night, but our goals are still ahead of us, and I think that applies heavily to what has happened this afternoon with the Houston Texans. Good evening, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. We're actually in the Sports Radio 610 studios tonight. Our Hyundai Texans radio studio being used, converted to the Arctic Digital Studio for television taping tonight as we are uh, shooting some stuff tonight. Scheduling required that based on the events today. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we're going through some stuff over there with content that we put out every week on TV and radio. And it's uh, always fun to be here with our friends at Sports Radio 610, Austin on the board. Uh, obviously, you hear us every night. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. So a pivotal afternoon in the history of the Houston Texans franchise as – they have had three general managers in their history, Charlie Casserly, Rick Smith, and now Brian Gain, of course, who got the job in January of 2018 and now in 2019, mid-season, really mid-off-season. It's not mid-season, clearly. Mid-season is sometime in November, but you say mid-off-season. This is considered a team-building part of the year. Texans having their free agency period, the draft, acquiring undrafted free agents, getting the 90-man roster set, doing OTAs. You have the mini camp next week, but the bulk of that stuff is done. You have one more week with the players here, and then they're off for a while before training camp begins, and they make a move at general manager with Brian Gain no longer at the helm of that position. Of course, Bill O'Brien there as head coach, and Cal McNair makes the move. Now, Cal McNair put out a statement today. I will read it to you in its entirety. It's not very long, but it explains a lot, and we'll go over it. After a thorough evaluation of our football operations, we have decided to relieve Brian Gain of his duties as general manager. Brian is a man of high character, and we appreciate his contributions to our organization. We will begin an immediate search for a new GM. In the interim, football operations will be led by Senior Vice President of Football Administration Chris Olson. While the timing may be unusual, this decision was made in the best interest of our organization in our quest to build a championship team for the city of Houston. That's from Houston Texans chairman and chief executive officer Cal McNair. And I think the last sentence of that, this decision was made in the best interest of our organization in our quest to build a championship team for the city of Houston. That's what they're going for here, folks. Yes, they're a good team. Yes, they won the division last year. Yes, they've made some good moves, but they feel like there's another level for them at that position in the organization, and that's what this is about. I don't want to say nothing more, but really, Johnny, nothing more. They want to get better on the field. What does Bill O'Brien always say when they release a player, when they make a move with a player? They want to do what's in the best interest of the team. They feel like this move is in the best interest of the team. Now, the next move is huge, obviously, acquiring a new GM because Cal McNair said they're beginning a search. But this is about winning a championship, taking that next step that we all want to see. Brian Gaines, a great guy. And I thought last year's draft, because we saw those guys play, right. was a good draft. This year's draft, we have to see them play. But 
it doesn't matter really because they feel like there's another level to achieve here. And if you're a Texans fan, isn't that what you want in some sense? Hey, let's get to this next level. In every level. sense. Yeah, I mean, you we've got to get better. How do we get better? What do we need to do to get better? And I know for for fans, a lot of times it's well, for everybody, really. It's players. Well, okay, what players can you get? Can you get free agents? Can you get draft picks? You know, those kind of those kind of things. Where can you get better? And I think when you don't win a championship, no matter whether you're the Patriots and you just get to the Super Bowl seemingly every year, or you're the Chiefs that got within inches, inches. Within three third and tens, because the Patriots converted three third and tens on that drive in overtime. Or offside by D Ford. You're yeah. that close mm-hmm. to getting there, but you didn't get there. Right. You didn't get there. It's a fine line. We didn't get out of the wild card round. Right. So there's more there to be had. And I think that last sentence, as you said, making the decision in the best interest of our organization, our quest to build a championship team for the city of Houston. And I think that's a whole heck of a lot more difficult than maybe it is to create one on Madden. Well, hey, you know, I, I built one on Madden. Well, listen. There's one thing that that you can't build into Madden that I think makes this day, I don't want to say unique, but strange, interesting, weird, kind of all that, is the emotional aspect of it. because Human feelings and emotions. Right, because we're in a building. We see this with players a lot of times. This happens with players a lot of times. You get attached to them. You get attached to them. Tyron Matthew was one of those guys for me. I loved Tyron. We talked at different yeah. points throughout the season. I, I got... I got pretty tight with Tyron, and I hated seeing him go to somebody else. But that's the business of the NFL. I mean, that, that's well, what it, happens. It, it, it's Hyman Roth in Godfather Part Two. This is the business we've chosen, and that's it. And Brian Gay knows that as knows well as anybody. Absolutely. Because absolutely. everybody who walks in the building in football operations, whether you're a player, coach, or you work in football ops, GM, evaluating personnel, whatever you do there, you know that it's like Jerry Glanville said, the NFL stands for not for long and you're just living on borrowed time, basically. And it could happen at any time. This was surprising, there's no doubt. But clearly, Cal McNair, Bill O'Brien, they thought about it, and they decided that this is going to be the best course of action moving forward. Now, maybe they have a plan. Maybe they have somebody up their sleeve that they're thinking about. Maybe they're going to open it wide, and, and they, they are open to all sorts of ideas. But they want to do what's best for the team, like we said. It is very tough. We all know. It's tough to win in this league. That's why I think what they've been able to do is, you know, people get down on me because I say, look, this is one of the best teams in the NFL. They're, really? Wow. Well, because they have seven winning seasons in the last 10 years. They've won three out of four divisions. Right. I mean, they've, they've done some things here. But they know what it's all about. Right. Bill O'Brien said day one, they want to win a Super Bowl here. How, so how are they going to do it? And you said, yeah, they didn't get it out of that wild card round. Bill O'Brien will be the first guy to tell you that's not – Brian Gaines fault or no, all absolutely. You know, it's, it's a collaborative effort and they feel like again they can get a better collaborative result if they change the mix of the that, individuals involved and that's my point and and to the point about emotion it is you have to take the emotion out of decisions especially difficult decisions like this yeah. when you are changing out look there there are two spots a head coach and a GM that when those positions are changed it's not not catastrophic, but it's like, whoa, it raises an eyebrow. Yeah. It's only happened, there have only been, like you said, three GMs, Charlie Casserly and Rick Smith and then Brian Gain. So that hasn't changed but a couple times over yeah. you know, 17, 18 years, whatever it's been. 
you know, head coach. There's only been three of them. So yeah. those those jobs don't they don't come up very often, and they definitely haven't come up very often around here. It's not like Cleveland, where every single year it was like, all right, who's you know who's the GM now? Who's going to step in as the GM? But now the Browns did that a few times, and all of a sudden it feels like they got it right. Right. right with John Dorsey it's like they feel like they've got it right like they kept moving the chess pieces around until it was like they landed on Dorsey here's the thing about this with with Dorsey in particular with the Chiefs it was like eh, it's sort of on its course yeah. because they felt like in Kansas City that there was a level that the Chiefs weren't getting to and so the Chiefs where they are now yeah and the Chiefs said look we need to move on Brett Veach moves in John Dorsey moves on there's opportunity with Cleveland yeah. moves on to Cleveland and now they he's built Cleveland along with some help right. around him. Obviously, guys like Alonzo Heisman. Not that we're putting Cleveland in the playoffs. No, not no. But you can tell that they're better. John Dorsey has done a significantly yeah, no, good job. There's no question they're better. But he was, but he was let go in Kansas City. Yeah. That's the way this thing works. Yeah. So Brian the could could conceivably get another job yeah. somewhere else, do a good job there. Who knows what happens with him? I'm sure. You know, I heard John McClain last hour saying. Gonna land on his feet. He'll land on his feet right. for sure. He's a, he's got a good eye for talent. There's no doubt. Everybody likes him. He'll find another gig. So uh, you know, and obviously, you know, it's not like you're out on the street here. I mean, right. you are employment wise, but I'm sure things are taken care of behind the scenes. Well, for him, the point is for the Houston Texans, they've got to find that next guy, mm-hmm. that next mix of individuals in the building. I know Jack Easterby's name has come up not as a general manager, but he's their executive vice president of mm-hmm. football development. And, you know, he's not the guy who's going to coach the team or be the GM of the team. I think he really helps in the building with a lot of different aspects that just don't get reported a lot throughout his career, what he did with New England. Sometimes they do. There have been some stories written about him. But I think it's exciting to have him around. I think it's exciting to have Bill O'Brien and Cal McNair working together. For Cal McNair, it's a bold move, Johnny. This is, you know, you mentioned it, having three GMs in the history of the franchise. Well, I guess I mentioned it first. To make a move like this so early relatively in the gain tenure is a bold move. And then the next move is very crucial as well as you look for the replacement, the the next level you're seeking in performance at that position. So uh, we'll be watching. This is a funny world we live in with professional football because everything's so evaluated. You work in an environment, you know, us included, I guess, but not to that degree because their balance sheet is wins and losses. That's it. That's yeah. That's the P and L, really. I mean, obviously, I know it's a financial. Oh, don't use thing. an accounting term and, in front of me, please. Sorry about that. I don't want flashbacks. But it is. I mean, every every Monday, you know, win or lose. You know, yards don't quite matter. It's did you win or lose, baby? What's your record over time? How many winning seasons? Things like that. Are you getting to the playoffs on a regular basis? Are you able to advance? Those things are how you're evaluated, and everybody sees it. And everybody, and look, this is fine. Everybody has an opinion on it. Now, some of them might be dead wrong. I'm reading some stuff on Twitter that's completely false, but that's okay. Because that's kind of you know, what that website was made for. Well, but you, you know, speculation. But you don't get and, all the information, so of course they're going to have opinions well, yeah. that are wrong, right? Well, so absolutely. I can't blame a lot of people for having the incorrect opinion when they don't get the information that is, well, there is, is real. You're not getting behind the scenes. so Their, their opinion obviously sounds idiotic because it's, it's not. It's based on no facts whatsoever. I can debunk a few things in yeah, the next you, segment. Well, I think I'll do some debunking. You, know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Jack used to be the 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 name that gets mentioned a lot here. People trying to, uh, you know, dot you know what, is, what connect the dots. Yeah, connect the dots. That's the one I'm looking not for. Dot not the dot eyes. eyes. No, not connect the dots. Yes, is Nick Casario from New England, 
and he's a guy that has been up in New England and has done the personnel side, he's done the coaching side, he's done a little bit of everything, and people trying to connect the dots there. And I, I, I want to say, I don't know for a fact, I can't remember when when the Texans were interviewing GM candidates. I know there were a few that they had asked for and mm-hmm. didn't get permission. So I don't know how all that went down, who they got permission to talk to or not, but I would imagine that's a name we'll hear throughout this process. But again, that's speculation. I mean, we're, we're, we're speculating at this point. Well, and of, that's what people do. And, and people that's are fine. speculating. It's, and that's what sports radio is. Right. That's what it is. That's, be, that's what being a sports fan is. It's right. being able to speculate. It's being able to have an opinion on the team, right or wrong, whatever. It's a passionate reaction. We ask the fans. That's the good part. If to they be didn't passionate, care, they are. If they didn't care, yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's Friday yeah. afternoon of June. Like, so what? But that's, that's not what's happened. You know, these fans, they, the fans care. Sports radio people in this town care. We care. We're in the building. We want to see this team win a championship. So that's why the reaction is is what it is. I would imagine in certain in after a while in Cleveland, I'm sure it was like, oh man, we're changing the GM again. Uh, all right, who cares? Just let me know what happens when it. And now look at that city. Now they're all on board with a guy like John Dorsey. Keep they're on board. Cleveland, I mean, but, you and I have talked about that. That that thing might not exactly work out according yeah. to plan, but we'll see. All right, coming up, I might go on a rant. After reading some tweets, so no, stay why? tuned. No, don't read tweets. No, I can't. This is not it. Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets. I can't help it, but we'll recap and we'll discuss the Texans in search of a general manager after the events of today. It's Texans Radio. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more on your Houston Texans. Welcome back to The Conversation. It's Texans All Access on Texans Radio. All right, before I go on my Twitter rant, because I've been reading Uh-oh. tweets, and that's not a good thing. It's not good for my mental health and my I stress. Read, I want you to read weekend. Andre's text. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not reading Andre's no. text. No, don't do that. Andre, Andre thinks I know everything about that building. I don't know everything, all right? I don't know every single thing. <laughs> There are things going on. In I there. just love look, the way that he phrased it. That's all. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. They look. They they are making a move that they feel will help them win. I mean, that's just. It, it's. I hate to simplify it that much, but that's it. And the general John McClain from the Houston Chronicle is going to join us right now. It's Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. We're actually at Sports Radio six ten tonight. Our other studio being used for television tonight as we're. You know, doing all hands on deck. I love coming here yeah. to Intercom Radio. These people are fantastic. Anyway, General. Good evening, and what do you make of the move so far? Um, of course, it caught everyone off guard. Very stunning. Nobody could look at Brian Grant Gaines one and a half years and say he hadn't done a good job. Uh, but keep in mind, every player that comes in, Bill O'Brien signs off on. People are saying, oh, well, O'Brien's going to get control of personnel. Really, Bill has control of the personnel because – if you give a head coach a player he doesn't want, he doesn't have to play him. And uh, I feel bad for Brian. You know, his one year, he's 11 and 5. There's not many general managers that can have that winning percentage, right? He gets three and a half years left on his contract to walk away with a lot of money uh, because Brian's been in the league for so many teams for so many years. He'll get another job. People are going to want to know what in the world happened. And I think this, I think. There was an erosion in the relationship with Gain and Bill and Cal. And uh, Cal 
Cal McNair's first big decision uh, as the chairman and CEO thought now would be a better time to make this move than wait till they got to training camp. It's it's a strange move, but it had nothing to do with personnel. I think maybe philosophical differences about the position and the personnel department, and there are a lot of other things, departments that are under a general manager that you never hear about. And uh, I think that since Nick Casario was their first choice as GM last time and the Patriots blocked him from interviewing, I'm sure they're going to reach out very strongly that the new GM will be somebody who's either worked with Bill O'Brien or knows him very well and look to the Patriots, to Patriot people. Uh, Monty Ozaport, who used to be with the Texans, uh, he was on the list last time. Uh, maybe guys were there when Bill was there who are now working for other general managers, but there, I'm confident there's going to be a familiarity between Bill O'Brien and the new general manager. And if they could get Nick Casario, that would be a really a coup because he's turned down other opportunities and he's been turned down like he was with the Texans. John, what do you think the timetable is on this? Do you feel like this has got to be sped up, that they want to fast track this? I obviously know you want to get it right, but do you want to get this thing done in a pretty quick manner? How thorough do you have to be to go through this? How long is it going to be? And by the way, July 15th is a pretty big deadline for one of the more notable players for this team. I can imagine having a GM in place for those thoughts and discussions would be pretty important. What do you think the timetable's got to be for this? Well, first of all, I don't think Devion Clowney's got anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Olson does the negotiations, and he answers to the general manager. Chris now is interim the interim boss uh, until they get the new general manager hired. This was a knee-jerk decision by Cal McNair. This is something that's been thought of over time, and uh, I would imagine they don't make a move like this without uh, without having a pretty good idea of who they're going to hire to replace uh, Brian Gain. And that's why I think it'll be somebody who Bill has worked with, probably with the Patriots. And, uh, yeah, I've never thought Clowney was going to sign a contract. I've been saying it for a year. He'll be the franchise player. We'll see him that first week. But, you know, on the other hand, maybe a new general manager comes in and Bill says, hey, I want him signed under any condition. But that's not going to happen because you got him no matter what. So I don't think that will have anything to do with it. Next year is when that new general manager and Chris Olson are really going to have their hands full because they'll probably they'll try to sign Clowney again. They'll probably try to sign Deshaun Watson to an extension. And as you guys saw with Carson Wentz, the business just keep, the, keeps going up. Yeah. Price of doing business keeps going up for quarterbacks. Yeah, it's not going to go down, that's for sure. I mean, this is it's like the Dow Jones. Those quarterback contracts, all contracts will keep going up, and the salary cap will keep going up as well. New TV contracts coming out. I got a feeling that you know people worry about, and when I say people, outsiders are concerned about, maybe not concerned, but talking about how that money might diminish. No way. The networks, however they're set up, streaming-wise, whatever, are set to pay the NFL a lot of money because it's live programming that's so valuable. Anyway, General. A lot more money. Yeah. A lot more money, and you got streaming services. <laughs> and let yeah. me point something out right quick. Yeah. I'm not saying this is going to happen. 
everybody's saying that when I was on 16 earlier, well, O'Brien wants to be like Bill Belichick. Every coach wants to be like Bill Belichick and have that kind of control. Bill had won vision three times in five years. Belichick's first six years, he went to the playoffs one time. He bombed out in his first year with the Patriots. And for some reason, owner Bob Kraft gave him control over all personnel. Now, he didn't get control of everything until he earned it later. So um, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Bill O'Brien, but it happened with Bill Belichick. And Bill O'Brien's got a whole lot better record than Belichick did for his first six seasons. Mm-hmm. And there have been other instances where coaches had a lot of control in a lot of different departments. And uh, But I don't see any big changes in personnel, considering O'Brien's been so heavily involved. All the personnel people, the scouts, because Bill is heavily involved in the draft, he knows all those people really well. They're all in place. And uh, something I just thought of, everybody has a vacation plan. They've either started last week or next week or this week when the mini camps end, and there's a lot of guys going to have to change their vacation plans because of this move. Uh, that's another good point. And timing-wise, John, this is about as good a time as you could do it. John mentioned, John Harris mentioned, the July 15th date for Clowney and the franchise tag. But other than that, you have your 90-man roster. You might have some tweaks here or there. You and I talked about that last night after minicamp, prior to training camp. But the next big moves for a GM, other than a possible Clowney negotiation, would be whatever you get after those cuts following that fourth preseason game. And those were some nice acquisitions for the Texans last year that helped them on their way to really improving special teams and being number one in the league in average drive starts. So timing-wise, it seems to be – there's never a great time, but it seems to be as good as any. And I think there's going to be guys signed to contract extensions before the season begins. And remember, Chris Olsen's the one that does the uh, contract negotiations yep. and handles the cap. You know, he, he has to get the approval of the general manager. And uh, so none of, none of that's going to change because when Bob McNair and Cal McNair extended Bill O'Brien, they signed Brian Gain to a five-year contract, and they also extended and promoted Chris Olsen as well because they liked that triumphant there. So it's going to be fun for all of us to watch. I can tell you it's not any one thing. It's nothing sinister. As Cal McNair said, Brian James, a man of high character, and he is, great family man. It's just, I guess you could say, philosophical differences in the way things were being run, and uh, that encompasses a lot of different things, I know, but that's the best reason I can come up with. John, with Carson Wentz information, this is kind of on topic and kind of not, but Carson Wentz was given a pretty decent-sized contract extension with the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think the trickle-down effect that's going to be for guys like Mahomes and, of course, right here with Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson in a year, maybe two? I think that uh, the next quarterback's going to get more money. I certainly don't think Dak Prescott's worth that kind of money, but Carson Wentz has been hurt three of the last four years, including his last year at North Dakota State, and they've given him, what, 107 points? nine or 109.7 million guaranteed and you hope he stays healthy and if i'm watson with the chance that this offense has to be great if they can keep will fuller and kiki kitty healthy and improve the offensive line i wouldn't want to sign now i would want to sign 
after next season because I believe we all think he's going to be even better than last season when he accounted for 31 touchdowns and uh, and and play hurt like he did. So the Deshaun Watson, whatever Carson Wentz is signing for, Deshaun will get a lot more when the time comes. John, we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. John McClain, you can read his stuff at the Houston Chronicle. I'm sure he'll be writing a lot about this. Brian Gain, no longer general manager of the Houston Texans. Let's continue the conversation. I'm going to go off on some Twitter rants. I'm going to rant about Twitter. Okay. I will. A couple of tweets. I, I just, Johnny, I got to get it off my I, chest. All right. Feel free. It's Friday. It's 630. It's time to get it off your chest. All right. I'll do that yes. next. It's Texans Radio. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. You're listening to Texans All Access. For the latest stories and videos on your Houston Texans, check out HoustonTexans.com. Yeah, do that. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you tonight as... It is a strange afternoon. It's a surprising afternoon. It's a pivotal afternoon in the history of this franchise. And I've been here for all of them. And this is right up there with anything that's ever happened. I mean, I remember Dom Capers being let go, and he did his radio show that night. That was unbelievable. I remember the morning or day that Gary Kubiak got let go. Mm -hmm. I remember Rick Smith taking his leave of absence. I don't quite remember exactly Charlie Casserly's last day. And by the way, hey, see, no one's mentioned me here. See, <laughs> what about me? Why can't I come back? He's doing very well on NFL Network. Yes. I know some people pick on him, whatever. Look, media guy, you're going to get your share of criticism. There's no doubt. I like Charlie a lot. But, and by the way, no Rick, Rick Smith's not coming back. No. Uh, he's no longer with the organization in any way. It's no longer leave of absence. He's no longer with the organization. Obviously, we wish him well. Uh, th- is that the tweet you wanted to get? No. No. Man, well, no. Although there's some people were speculating that. And you know what? People were actually tweeting that who have the phone number of people they can call and find out if that's even a remote possibility. So what you do is you pick up the phone and you call the person that you know that you have the number of and say, hey, would Rick Smith possibly come back? And then you get the answer, and then you go to Twitter and do whatever the heck you want after that. Dang but it. instead, you decide to go to Twitter because it gets retweets and likes and comments and whatever. So, you know, there's easy, you know, peep, I can understand Joe Fan, who has no source or no, no information at all, no way of connecting with any individual who might have a remote speck of knowledge on what you're about to tweet. I can understand that if a fan just tweets something out. But people who know people and don't bother reaching out to them, it drives me nuts. Okay. I sorry. wish I would have filmed that whole thing. All right, sorry. I sorry, was so sorry. late with that. If I'd have I'm seen back. that coming, like the lightning strikes last night, oh, I'm back. it would have been awesome. But th- listen, <laughs> you want to know how many? I texted my wife at some point to tell her we were coming on live, and I went to go look for the text to her. I had to go like 25 people down. My phone yeah, has just been, what do you know? What do you know? What happened? And I, I apologize calls. to everybody I haven't responded to yet because, come on, it's like, we've been going nuts, okay? I mean, I get the same general question and the same answer, which is, what, like, what do you know? Like, nope. Like, nope. Just I mean, leave it. 
I got a TV show going on the air tomorrow night that's already done, okay? It was in the books. Guess what we had to do? Hey, here's a nasty little Re- secret. Redo it. This show was in the books. <laughs> this show, this was, show was in the books. This show was done. And this it was, show was done. And it was great. And I was going to have a nice weekend. <laughs> a great weekend. You still will. You still yeah, can. I know I will. Uh, Definitely. J.J. Watt weighed in because he was asked on Twitter, what are your thoughts about GM Brian Gain leaving the Texans? And Watt tweeted back, I just want to win, man. I don't care who, how, what. I just want to win, which is the proper answer, really. And I think that's yeah. what you, that's that's pretty much what Cal McNair said as well. I just want to win, man. So we're going to do what it takes to win a championship for the city of Houston. He didn't really say man, okay? But you bring uh, you said something earlier that what? I wanted to get back to, okay? And and it, it it's funny because it resonates with me when I hear JJ's name, mm-hmm. and that is the window of opportunity. The window of opportunity is needs to be right now. It needs to be right now because think about it. JJ plays a position in which you're not going to play 18 years in the league. Right. You're not. He's not going to play the the amount of double teams and the amount of players that that he has to take on every How many single 15 play. Sack seasons does he have? Right. And he's only second to Reggie White in that category yet. He's got a long way to go to be among the top, top, because he missed those two, right. know, bulk of those two years with injuries. It's a very difficult position to play. So what's his window? What, and I'm not just talking J.J.'s window, but what's the window? You know me, John. I don't like windows, but I understand what you're saying, because right now, see, you could say, all right, after 2013, no more shop, Bill O'Brien comes in, Ryan Fitzpatrick, they don't draft a guy, they draft Tom Savage, but right. we all knew that they didn't really draft, they draft the first franchise rounder. quarterback. They didn't draft the first or second rounder to be the guy. So anyway, the situation was that you knew that that probably wasn't a championship window, but you were going to do your best to make mm-hmm. the playoffs at a winning season. Okay. The next year, they make the playoffs. By the way, little subtlety here. I'm about to get into it again because Uh-oh. somebody tweeted about Bill O'Brien's record to use that. Well, Bill O'Brien's record is there. Listen, I, a record is a record. I get it. I get, I get it. Hey, Gary Kubiak's record wasn't too good when he left here, and he wins a Super Bowl with Denver a couple of years later, right? Yep. So I do like that about what Gary Kubiak was able to do for him, for his employer at the time. I didn't like it for us because I wish he did it here. Gary Kubiak, it, is, it took six years to make the playoffs. Right. In his sixth year, they broke through and won the division. Bill O'Brien is going into year six. He's won the division three times, all right? He's had, what, five, four? He's been here five years, four winning seasons, yeah. three division titles. So, you know, he's doing well. Bill O'Brien is doing well. He's win- But he'll be the first to tell you he's not winning the way he wants to win, and what he well, wants to do is win the Super Bowl. He wants yeah. to advance past the divisional round. He wants to do all that. He'll be the first guy to say that. But I'll be the first guy to say this is a good coach, all right? And I'm not saying that him not advancing past wild card weekend last year is Brian Gaines' fault. No one's saying that, and he wouldn't say that either. But they feel like there's another level of performance to get to at the general manager position. And John McClain brought it up. There's other stuff that the GM does besides evaluating talent, signing talent, negotiating with talent, whatever. There's other stuff that he does. And it's probably not the sexy stuff that you hear about that you see, but there's other stuff as well. And I'm not saying he didn't do a good job there, but there might be some other things going on in the building that that they feel can be done better and that they hope those things are done better. Yeah, Mark, I would... I would venture a guess that most fans think that GMs do a few things. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that fans, not shocked, but I think fans would be, wait a second, that's a GM's responsibility? Wait, the GM has to do that? Wait, the GM yeah. does what? 
Oh no, wait, he does that. No, he doesn't do that. I think I think fans overall have an a seemingly and they seemingly have an idea of what a G, what they think in their mind a GM does. That is, he doesn't sign just contracts. Pick the players, right? Yeah, pick the players, and and that's there's there are so many different layers. Every single general manager that you talk to, and even when we talked to Brian Gay, when we talked to Rick Smith, we did we did all those interviews. I'm sure when you talk to Charlie Castro, it's the same thing. There's so much on their plate that people don't have any idea about. Right. That it's more than just did that GM sign Jadeveon Clowney? Did that GM draft Titus Howard? Did that GM go out and spend money? It's that's what the 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 fans see, but there's so much more than that that goes with it. And to be a really good general manager, you've got to handle a lot of different things. And not to say that that Brian wasn't, but there are a lot of different things that you've got to try and handle as a GM. And there are a lot of different things that you've got to – I mean, how many times has Bill come, come into our office, our studio, and talk about the things that as a head coach in the NFL that you have to deal with? Look, when you get into coaching, you want to call ball plays. Like, that's – you want to call ball plays. Yeah. That's what you want to do. You want to call ball plays and you want to compete. Then you get to be a head coach at a college level or in particular the NFL level, and you're like, whoa, man. There's a lot. There's that goes a lot with to this. deal with. That. There's a I lot to say, deal with. Sitting in that chair is totally different from being a coordinator. Yeah. Being a coordinator, you can be this maestro, and I'm coordinating my side of the football, and I'm making moves, and I'm doing, you know, making play decisions. I'm doing great. I got the players really firing on all cylinders. Then you're a head coach, and there's politics, there's media, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on around you in the building that you got to deal with. It's a completely different situation. They all say it. That's why I think a lot of head coaches who might lose their gig for whatever reason and then go back to being coordinators, they really kick butt at that point because they understand the whole picture in a different way. Just like anybody who's been the boss in anything, and then you go to not being the boss, you never look at your boss the same way again. You know what they're going through now. Well, you just mentioned his name a little while ago, Gary Kubiak. Yeah. When Gary was let go here, he then goes to Baltimore for a year in Baltimore. They have the best offensive season they've ever had. He then takes the Denver job after that mm-hmm. and wins the Super Bowl. Wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. So with a, with a nothing offense, yeah, with, with, with no a, offense. Oh my gosh! Please don't turn it over. Offense as well. Well, Phillips you know, he played seven games for them. I know he did, and he was five and two. And I know those numbers because baby. That was a good signing until it wasn't, okay? And it's funny because it's funny you bring that up. Not everything you do. This is what, what we've learned. Not everything you do works, <laughs> out, <we've> learned. <laughs> works <laughs> out the way you think it's going to. But In class, students, here's what you need to learn today. But here's the thing. This is one of those, those moves where, look, we, they're not putting out pages of information as to why they did this. Cal right. McNair made a statement said Brian Gaines a man of high character. They appreciate everything he did. They feel like they're, they want to move forward, win a championship. I'm paraphrasing right here. I don't have it in front of me. They're going on a search, okay? Right. So it's not like Chris Olsen's got the job. He's going to handle things on an interim basis. Uh, Chris Olsen is excellent with the cap. You know, he knows that sucker. I mean, I love Chris Olsen. Yep. But, I, I, you know, I don't think he's the next guy. I think that they're going on a search, like Cal said. Yep. And there are a number of candidates, and everybody's tweeting about this, all the national media guys, McLean included, that uh, there are a number of candidates, either they didn't get per- like Nick Casario, they yep. did not get permission to interview him. By the way, side note on that, he's not the GM of the Patriots. Correct. They were interviewed or trying to or requested to interview him for the GM job here. I don't like it when guys aren't able to interview for a job that's a better job than the one they have. I understand it if, oh, we want to talk to your offensive coordinator to make him our offensive coordinator. Well, no, you can't do that. 
But if you want to talk to my whatever coach and make him a coordinator, well, you know, maybe you should let him. Or if you want to talk to my director of player personnel, make him a general manager, great. Unless you're kicking the tires just looking for information, that might be a different deal. Yeah. But, I'm, you know, the Patriots did not give him permission. Maybe they will now. I don't know. Uh, all this – what was – who speculated well, about the ring ceremony last ago, night for the Patriots? And, oh, a conversation. I, Look, I, I, I don't know. I saw that somewhere. But if the Patriots didn't two years ago, why would they now? That's that's my thought. If they didn't give permission two years ago, it, why would they it, now? It was a year ago, Johnny. Or a Think year about ago. That. Yeah, a year ago. It was only a year ago. Why would they – I don't know. Casario's official title is Director of Player Personnel. So – a GM, I would think, is a, a step above that. Now, he does a lot of... Name him GM if you don't let him interview for other jobs. This is just a side note for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that you should be able to... I, I, I agree with you. I think you, you ought to be able to interview four jobs above your your level, wherever you are. So, director of player personnel, GM's above that in most, if not all, organizations. Right. You should be able to interview for that. But, again, we'll... We'll see at this point what if they're able to do something like that. Maybe it's a contract, uh, contractual situation. Who who knows right. at this point? And here's the other thing mm-hmm. that is seemingly connecting the dots and speculation, but maybe that's not where they're looking. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'd be sticking my head in the sand if I was like, oh, they're definitely. Not. But I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, look, speculation is and it's going to happen over the next few days. I just find it interesting that I mean. Like I said, our phones have been blown up this entire time. But I've got national media saying, did you see this coming? Like, no. No idea. Absolutely not. And I I was going to make a point earlier, and I got sidetracked because that's what I do when I'm on the radio just talking. You and I just get to talking, and we we just go off on tangents. But it's Tangent Radio 610. So my point was this. This is not like Brian Kane was a total disaster. They had to make this move. They really feel like... And I, I can't speak for them, but this is clear to me from the outside looking into their internal bubble, which is, look, they went to the playoffs. They were 11, 11 and 5. We saw the Jordans do well last year. Mm-hmm. We saw QT do well when healthy. You know, we saw those Justin draft Reed. choices work. Justin, how could I not mention Justin Reed, who looks like he's on his way to being a potential pro bowler. I'll just say potential because I'm not going to put him in Orlando or wherever it's going to be just yet. But the point is this. It's not like a good job was not being done necessarily. This is about a better job can be done. So it's good to great or great to excellent, however you want to define that. And that's what they feel they can do. And what did Bill O'Brien talk about last year? Alignment. Well, maybe the alignment wasn't working out the way they wanted it to after working together for two off seasons. They feel like, look, this has got to change, evolve, get better. It could be better. So let's go. It's not like the match is horrible, but it could be a lot better, so let's move on. Now, this is now I'm starting to speculate, so forgive me for that, but that's how I kind of see it, that it's just another level they're seeking. They wanted to get to that Super Bowl level. They're, mm-hmm. they're not there, in their opinion, as an organization. Cal McNair makes this move, and it's bold. It's brave. Maybe it doesn't work. Who knows? Like all moves in football, maybe they don't work, but uh, I, it's aggressive. There's no question about it. You cannot fault Cal for not being aggressive. He's being plenty aggressive here and making the best move in his eyes for his organization. But what's the what's the the aspect that where you use the word alignment most for cars, right? Cars. Oh yeah. yeah car might car might have perfect alignment, right? Yeah. Yeah, it might have perfect alignment. And all of a sudden, boom, hit a pothole, and what happens? Oh man, alignment's off at that point. So, so they, they might have hit a pothole. They hit a pothole of some <laughs> sort, maybe to yeah. to throw off the alignment. I mean, who knows? I mean, it can happen because I know that question's coming. Well, if they were aligned, then yeah. then 
what happened? Well, okay, maybe something did happen. Maybe not. Maybe they just felt like long-term, and by long-term in the NFL, long-term is like maybe three or four years, mm-hmm. you know, long-term in the NFL. They just felt like, and Cal said it, we want to go win championships. As JJ said, I want to win. Right. Cal wants to win. The organization wants to win. We want him to win. The city of Houston wants him to win. Right. So let's find the right situation to make that possible. And in the, in the case, like, I, I think about windows. I do think about that. Because mm-hmm. you're not talking about... It, it is. A, I, I admit, about Johnny. A, oh, I, I got sidetracked earlier as well, and I'll let you finish. But, yeah, it is a window. Because I talked about 2014, 2015. Right. Then I got into O'Brien's performance here as a head coach and how he's you know won three divisions in the last four years and everything. But the point is this. Now they got the quarterback. Right. They've, they've got a right. 27-year-old wide receiver who's probably the best in the league. They got J.J. Watt with whatever he's got in the tank, which looks like a lot, but, and you know, it doesn't go forever and all of that stuff. And that's why I say that, because you're talking mm-hmm. about one of the transcendent defensive players in the history of the NFL. How much longer can he play at that particular level? Now, we hope he can play another four or five years at this level. Deshaun obviously allows you to extend the window, if you will, but at that point, Maybe you won't. Uh, maybe in a few years you won't have that transcendent defensive player. I hope that day never comes. But look, let's let's be realistic about this. I, I do believe I do believe in windows, and it. I don't think that you should ever sacrifice your long term just to make sure you're capitalizing on the short term because of that window. But if you do feel like, hey, we're a player, we're a player away, or we're two players away from being really stinking good, and it, We've got to be careful with that because, you know, we've got a couple elder statesmen on the team or we got a couple of veterans. we got to capitalize now. You get to that point, and then you start doing some drastic things. And I'm not really talking about that, but over the next two or three years, you've got a window here because of Deshaun, because he's still on his rookie contract for a year, maybe two, who knows, that you still have J.J. Watt playing at this particular level. You have DeAndre Hopkins at that level. It's a time, it's time where expectations shouldn't be, hey, let's just get out of the divisional round. Right. The expectations should be, we need to be knocking on the door of the Super Bowl every single year. Right. Because we got number four. You got to kick the door in at some point, and maybe it's this year, maybe it's not, whatever. They've – it left a bad taste in everyone's mouth to not do well in that playoff game, to not be able to make that at least first step into the divisional round right. with this group, and then to lose to that team, which – Look, they're going to make some noise in this division. I know they're having some problems right now. We'll see how that goes. I think Andrew Luck should sit out the year and rest that calf and yes. get ready for 2020. Absolutely. That's my opinion. I, Chris you know, Ballard needs to go on vacation for he, about he 10 does. years. He does. He needs to retire, too. They should all retire. Yeah. Okay, that's going to do it for the show tonight. We really want to thank you for listening. We know it's been a little strange, a little surprising, but that's the world of sports, is it not? We'll see where it goes from here. here. We'll all follow it together, and we will be on the air Monday night at 6 to talk more about this, about the minicamp coming up next week. Texans 360 is going to be tomorrow night, ABC 13 at 11 p.m. with some info on this and some other things happening, of course, with your favorite football team because they're hard at work. One more week of it before they go on their desert break, before training camp, before you know it, it's all going to be coming down with the 2019 campaign on the way. Thank you, Austin, for producing tonight. The guys from 610 are coming on next with all sorts of stuff on this so you can discuss it with them. We appreciate them hosting us this evening. Have a great night, and go Texans. 
I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. For all the latest news and videos on our favorite team, check out HoustonTexans.com.